Parents of deaf and hard of hearing children have concerns about their children's safety, both when they're young and when they're older. Cindy and Heather Phillips join us again in this episode to talk about life after high school. They both share advice for deaf students, parents of deaf children, and teachers who work with deaf students. During the impact, his hearing aids fell off and he couldn't find them. So the police came, an ambulance came. He was taken actually um, to the hospital by ambulance. He just needed stitches. He, had, he was fine, but that whole during that whole situation, he didn't have his hearing aids, couldn't hear. Um, so he needed a way to communicate. I'm Tonya Wallum, and I'm the host of the Water Prairie Chronicles, a podcast where we encourage parents of children with disabilities by interviewing people who understand the questions special needs parents may have. Connect with us on Instagram at water.prairie. If you missed the first part of the interview, be sure to go back to episode number 36 and learn about the early years and how Heather navigated school challenges. Now let's jump back into the interview with Cindy and Heather. Heather, with when you transitioned into college, did you go to college right after high school? Yes, I did. And um, did you live on campus? Yes, I did. Was that a difficult transition to live on campus? No. Good. <laughs> uh, because like I said, for high school, I, I knew who I was and I was proud of it. And like, I enjoyed, well, I think what also helped was that it was a small little college and it just had a little community itself so that made it easier as much as I miss my parents it was nice to be able to start gaining some of that independence and yeah um Cindy was it hard for you to let her go off to college absolutely (laughs) (laughs) absolutely it was (laughs) now she isn't your oldest You, you had already gone through that once before Yes, I had already gone through that once, and she actually went to the same college as my oldest kid. So they were both in the same place, at least that first year. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was still hard. And it it was hard because I tried, like in high school even, I was very aware of what was going on in school. I was very aware of, you know, what was happening with teachers. I would still get, like, you know, reports with special ed teachers and stuff. And to be able to be like, okay, um, I'm no longer involved anymore. I, <laughs> you know, professors aren't like sending me right, notes right. or, you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> so that that was hard. But um, Heather's an extremely independent person. And I really, I, I think I really tried hard to to push those self-advocacy mm-hmm. skills with, with the kids and um, so she handled it very smoothly. So our families that are listening who have a child with a disability will understand what I'm about to say. We we spend their whole childhood teaching them how to advocate for themselves, protecting them, yes, but pushing them out into the world, helping them go mm-hmm. beyond their comfort mm-hmm. zone. You know, no matter what the challenge is, we're, we're pushing them the whole way with that goal in mind. Absolutely. But the day comes, it's really hard for us to to trust our own training that we've given them <laughs> to send them out. <laughs> Absolutely. And thinking of, of a child who is deaf, there's other concerns that we're not going to have for our hearing children. As far as some of those, like you're talking about, you don't hear the weather forecast that the hurricane's coming or things like that. Um, 
are the, were there specific concerns that you had that that other parents are yeah. going to relate to? Yeah, um, Heather, Heather's smiling because she knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> One of my big concerns was I was in the dorm very worried about fire alarms because when she has her hearing aids out and if she's sleeping, she does not hear that fire alarm going off. And that was a big worry. And Heather being... 18 and independent was like, mom, it's fine. Don't worry. And I was like, no, no, I'm worrying. And so I made sure that they had, that she was in a dorm room that had um, one with flashing lights so that the lights would flash. There was also a plan that her room would be checked if there was a fire drill to make sure that she was up and, and going. So she wasn't thrilled as an 18-year-old for mom doing that, but that was definitely a concern of mine. I was worried about that. What's well, one of the top concerns that I'm thinking would be there is is the fire alarm. And mm-hmm. how often do they go off in the dorms? They Sometimes it can be every yeah. night. <laughs> yes. And you never know if it's actually an emergency or not. Right. So, Heather, how how do you... Like, do you have a special type of alarm clock that you use to get to get yourself up? Yes, um, I have a shaken alarm, so I put it under my pillow and it vibrates, and that will wake me up. Nothing else will wake me up except for those. No, is we we have the sonic bomb, which is the same yeah. type. Have you tried that one? Yeah. So do you have, do you have that one, or do you have a different one? I have a different one now. I ha- I had a sonic bomb for a little bit. And then I went for something a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Because <laughs> I needed another one. It works. In the deaf community, does anyone use service dogs? Yeah. I know quite a few people that do. And how is the dog um, trained? Like, what is it there? Is it just sounds that they're listening for? Or what is it that they're... How, how, how are they using the dogs? Um, some of them, they have, like, sounds. If, like, the doorbell rings, if the phone is ringing... Or if somebody's knocking the door, they'll alert, be like, hey, you should probably go check out that door. <laughs> um, they also help with, like, walking because you can't hear when the cars are coming right. down. Right, So, especially on a hill, you can't see them. Everybody else will be like, oh, I can hear a car coming. But for that people, we can't hear it. So the dog can kind of be like, stop, don't go yet. I hear something coming. Um, it can also, if somebody calls your name, they learn your name. So if oh. they call your name, they'll turn around, they'll have them turn around and be like, Hey, somebody's calling your name. Interesting. Stuff like that. You know, I, I never even thought about it until I just asked you the question, but it, it makes perfect sense to have that. And that, that would allevi- alleviate the fear of the fire alarm at night because yeah. now, now yeah. you have an, an alarm that's yeah. not going to turn off <laughs> until. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> have you ever thought about? Um, looking into service dogs? I have thought about it, never seriously, but um, I have thought about it because especially when I'm asleep and if I'm alone and now I'm not in a college environment, I don't have my RA checking on me. I have thought about it, but not enough to really seriously start investing into it. Yeah. And like I say, it, it is an investment and none of them are cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, mm-hmm. I think, I think for some groups, there are some 
financial assistance out there, but I don't know how easy it is to get into the sponsorships and things. We've touched on living on campus now. So you're, you're in grad school now. Yeah. Do you have a job lined up already? Is that, is that what you said earlier? Yeah, I have a job right now. Um, I'm looking at using my degree to further myself in the field. So instead of the general case management, I would be doing more clinical. Oh, okay. Okay. Is there a certain area that you're concentrating in? Um, I've always liked the population of intellectual and developmental disability. And I, the reason why I want to do the clinical aspect is for the behavioral plan okay. aspect of it. That's what always interests me. And I always really want to advocate independence. So any way I can help people get independent, that's the way I'm going to go. Did you ever have any teachers that gave you any trouble? Um, I had, well, I didn't have any teacher that really gave me a lot of trouble. I did have teachers who were a little bit more, I would say, annoyed. Okay, I could see that. that. They have to do a little extra. Sometimes they're like, oh, whatever, fine, I guess. <laughs> like, uh, I'm like, come on, <laughs> just teach me. I at least <laughs> want to learn. Sorry. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had discrimination problem, but that was okay. more in um, college and now and on that um, caused some issues, but it's really just me kind of fussing away. It's like, all right, they're not going to be willing to understand. I'm going to try to learn what I can. And, right. You know. Was that in the classroom that you were facing the discrimination? Yes. And outside. Did you, um, I'm assuming that, that because you were already advocating for yourself that you did use disability services, but, but officially I'll ask you that. Did you, did you use disability services in your college? <laughs> Um, I had it available. I did not use it very often. Okay. Did you have accommodations for class at all? I had them available for like a Sunday test time. I could get a note taker, but again, I didn't really use it as much. So even, even the, the note taking you weren't using then. Okay. No. I think in college, it's a little bit easier to, to share notes with friends than, mm -hmm. than it is when you're younger. Yeah. But, um, and, and if that was the main thing that you were using it for or meeting with the professor separately, cause you, they have office hours so you can, can check in with them. Well, now even the office yeah. hours aren't as important cause they, they're all on email. So you can shoot them a note. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so overall thinking through public school and college experiences, um, would you have any tips for students? We'll start with Heather first and then go to, to Cindy from there. My biggest tip is advocate for yourself. You are not going to be able to grow unless you advocate for yourself. And don't be afraid of, what, especially when you're in school, you have that professor or teacher that have the higher power and you feel intimidated. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to go up to them and say, hey, I need this. I, and go advocate for yourself. It works out so much better that way. So that's my biggest thing. Advocate for yourself and don't be afraid. I like that. 
That's a proud parent moment. Yes, right it, it should, it should be. Wipe, wiping the tear away now, mom. <laughs> so, Cindy, can can you top that? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I think Heather said that that very well. Yeah, advocating for yourself and, and not feeling like you're putting somebody else out your needs are important and you spend 99% of your day accommodating for other people when you have a special need you're always like trying to make up and trying to live in their world it's okay to ask that 1% for them to come in and accommodate you okay so let's look at the parents we'll start with Cindy on this one any tips for parents don't put limits on your kids that let them let them put their own limits up. Push them, push them as far as you can. Um, I think sometimes there's this feeling like, oh, they have special needs. I, they can't do that. Don't ever tell your child they can't do something. Let them, let them try it. Let them try. Let them see what they can do. Let them put their own limits. Don't limit them. Heather, you want to add anything to that? Uh, she basically said what I was going to say. Um, the only thing I would add is that listening to the kids, um, you'll be surprised how much they understand, especially when they're young, because you have to make all these different choices, like we talked about earlier, going to a deaf school, public school, learning sign language early on, waiting until later, cochlear implants versus hearing aid. you got to make all those choices. Let your kid be part of that choice, too. Mm-hmm. You'll be surprised how much we know. Right. And yeah. how much we can That's input in point. that. Don't put all of that burden and pressure on you. Let the kid get a little bit of an input in there. Well, and, and, and I like that, Heather, because the person who has to live with the results of those choices is the child. And even though they may be young, you're right. They, they do have something vested here. And depending on their age. Now, when you were 18 months old, it may not have really mattered. (laughs) But, you know, and you talked about making the choice where Aaron went to school. You know, I'm sure he was part of that Mm -hmm. decision at that point because it was a big, a big jump for him. Absolutely, he was. Absolutely. That would be another piece of advice uh, for parents is each child is different. You will have so-called experts tell you the best way to do things and the right way and the wrong way. You know your kids and each one's different and you need to do what's right for that child. They're not an expert on your child. So even in the way I treated Heather and Aaron, their needs were different, similar hearing losses, but different needs, different personality, different learning styles, different kids, and they needed different things. When, and I, what I really like about this interview is you're showing all three schooling options. You've got the public mm-hmm. school. You've, the, the only thing we haven't shown is homeschool mm-hmm. here because um, mm-hmm. you, you've, you've hit all the others. Um, and I, w- I would say private school, public school would be a similar situation um, with that because it was not a specialized school for, for the hearing impaired. So, um, so parents that are listening, whatever your choice is, this family's already made one of those choices for you. So, so you can see, see, see how it turned out. <laughs>
Um, I'm going to interject really, really quickly. Okay. Um, this is totally off topic, but um, I noticed you say hearing impaired. Um, hearing impaired is very clinical aspect of deaf, and it made it seem like something that is just messed up with us that needs to be fixed. Okay. And it doesn't seem like so. Especially in the deaf community, we rather hear call us deaf. We have a hearing loss. Call us hear hard of hearing. Hearing impaired makes it seem so. I don't know what's a good word for it, but it yeah, we don't like that I, word. No, I'm, I'm glad you said that. The, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad you said that. And I, I I wish you had felt like you could say it earlier, even. Um, so, yeah. so from my, from my point of view coming in and to show, to show those of us who are not educated at all in this, in this field. Mm -hmm. Um, so the automatic assumption would be like me calling my daughter blind. Um, she can see she's not blind. Um, and so my assumption, which is incorrect here, I'm assuming here is that if I use the word deaf and you, and you called yourself deaf earlier and, and I, I picked up on that, but wasn't sure how how, how to say on that. Um, when we're talking about parents here who are listening, who have children who have, is hearing loss the right way to say it then? Well, you can say have hearing loss or deaf or hard of hearing. Hard of so hearing, hard is, of hearing is okay. Kind of okay. Thing. Yeah. And mm -hmm. is this, is this current feelings? Has this been for 20 years? Like has the wording changed through the years? Um, for my experience, um, I've always been so ingrained in the deaf community, so I'm so used to being called deaf and hard of hearing. I didn't really hear hearing impaired until like more recently, anyway. Okay. And now I'm more into the community. Right. But I don't know if mom got like a different like view on that because she's out more. Right. <laughs> so, so Cindy, what 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 have you heard? Like, is it something that's changed through the years, or has? I think, um, no, I think it's been this way for a while. I think most people just assume hearing impaired is the more politically correct way okay. to say it. I think most people that say that are really trying not to be offensive. Um, and it is, like Heather said, the more clinical word. It's a medical term. Um, a doctor will right you know hearing impairment um but most deaf or hard of hearing people that i know prefer not to be to hear the word uh hearing impaired because it almost has an implication of being less than or like how there's like something that needs to be fixed um and i know a lot of deaf and hard of hearing people don't and heather included don't have any desire to have full hearing and right. um yeah they're this is the way they are right. this is the way they want to be so let's let's call it what it right. is right well, and, and i find this really interesting because in in the blind community visually impaired is the word to use and so mm -hmm. and so for me because that again like we talked about a school school for the blind school for the deaf to me you know my brain goes one way or the other um and so mm -hmm. So for me, hearing impaired would be the same as saying visually impaired. And so, th so this is good mm. for you to say because I need to hear it and those that are listening need to hear this as well. 
um, mm -hmm. especially if they're just entering into this stage of life where they're going to, mm -hmm. they're going to be dealing yeah. with instructors, but also ho hopefully they're getting adult mentors that are coming into their life too, who are going to help them through these mm -hmm. next steps. Um, you, you don't want to offend anyone. So I apologize. I did not mean to offend right. at all. And, and, and I, and I know you understand I wasn't <laughs> trying to offend, <laughs> but, um, but I'm going to have to re retrain myself to think of it differently too. All right. So, um, so the last group that I like to give input to, if we can, um, for the, cause some of our listeners are professionals that are listening in and trying to get some input. Mm -hmm. So let's move into our teachers who are working with our children and the families. What advice would you give to them? So, um, I can go first in talking about tips for teachers because I had experience of good teachers and not so good teachers. Um, the teachers that were really great are the ones who were willing to work with me. Um, one of the best teachers I had in middle school, um, he was an English teacher. Like I mentioned, English was not a good subject for me. He was willing to work with me after classes sometime and help me figure nice. out what I'm supposed to be doing, help me, because he could tell I was struggling, but... He was like, you know, I'm going to help you out. You want to learn. I'm going to help you. And he was the best teacher I ever had because he never made me feel stupid. Nice. He always made me feel smart, even though I wasn't going to get getting good grades. He was like, you're smart. You just got to need a little help figuring out some of this stuff. And he was the best teacher ever. So for advice for teachers, please help the and be willing to listen and be there. Because teachers that were horrible are the ones who are like, oh, whatever, <laughs> dragging their feet along. I'm like, come on. It's just asking for one question, one thing. So my advice would be just be there and be willing. Cindy, you had a parent's perspective on the teacher's situation. So what advice would you have for teachers? Yeah. I, I actually have kind of a, a, a unique um, perspective because not only do I have a uh, parent's perspective um, as an educational interpreter, I'm in a classroom um, with, a, with a deaf child or deaf children. And so I, I get that perspective too. Um, and my advice was going to be very similar to, to Heather's was you know, talk to your students check in with your students, um, listen to them, because even in elementary school, a lot of them are able to communicate what they need. It may take a little longer to get it out, but they're able to communicate what, what they need. Um, and um, advice for a teacher and actually a parent or anybody, and I know Heather will fully agree with this one, is if you say something, and the student asks you to repeat it, please repeat it. <laughs> um, it, is, it is so common for people to say something and then have, what did you say? Oh, never mind, it wasn't important. And that is, that is a real frustration. And um, it really, I think, makes it how you could speak to this much better than I could. But I think it makes you feel like you're not worth mm. having to put the effort to repeat something. And um, so, yeah, just 
listen to your kids, listen to the students and, and checking in with the students, I think is, is my biggest advice. Did you want to add anything, Heather? Or Oh, I, I agree with what mom was saying about repeating because I have so many times where people are like, oh, it's fine, it's not important, and they'll continue the story. I'm like, I don't have the context for the story that you're still talking about, and I feel so excluded from the group. I Like, now I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just this little shadow, very important, very unworthy. Of your time and effort. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. when you were, Cindy, when you were talking about that, I'm picturing the situation of someone just talking about a nonsense story that's, you know, you're just mm -hmm. sharing it on, on the spur of the mm -hmm. moment and it, and it wasn't a big deal, but it does bond groups together. And when you don't hear that mm -hmm. little bit, Absolutely. you know, everyone else is laughing and you don't know mm -hmm. why they're laughing. It's, um, you, mm -hmm. you know, it has nothing to do with you. Absolutely. It's just a story, but at the same time mm -hmm. you're left out from that. So and, mm -hmm. but from the speaker's point of view, they're thinking, you know, well, it's, it's, it's really not a big deal. You know, it's just, or, or, or maybe, right. or maybe they're embarrassed because, because you asked them to repeat it, it's making it a bigger deal for them. And it, it wasn't supposed to be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. so, but yes, very, very good advice for, for both of you on that. Heather, with work, do you have any challenges that you face with work right now or special accommodations that you take? Um, right now I'm. Because I'm in school for graduate, I am actually in, in a internship as well as my job. So um, the reason why I brought that up was because it's very different experiences in accommodation and um, discrimination. Um, for my job, I believe because they work with people with intellectual and developmental disability, that they are used to having proper language, proper accommodation, they immediately check in with me like, hey, is it okay if I do this way, this way? Good. To make sure I can understand. So they immediately wanted to make sure I was accommodated and able to do my job well. And they never made me feel less than. So that was really a good environment. On the other hand, my internship, um, I have dealt with discrimination um, several times, um, in particular with my supervisor. Um, there's been times where she she even admitted to me that she, she would explain something to me, and I'm like, you explained that to me completely different than another intern? who were in the same level of schooling, exact same school, were taking the same classes, were coming in from the same experience. Like, why are you explaining me this way and not the other way? And she even um, were like, well, I thought I had a, like, simplified thing because I thought you might have some, like, learning problem. <laughs> I'm like, no. I'm deaf. I just can't hear that Sorry. well sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, right? Yes. Right? And, and there was one point that really shocked me. That's when I realized she does not understand was that I was talking to her about how I love math and I was really good at math. And she's like, wow, I'm shocked. I didn't think you'd be good at math. I'm like, did you think hearing has something to do with math? 
So, yeah, I had to deal with multiple conversation with her and um, her boss to be like, can you just, all I want is to be treated the same as the other intern. That's all I want. So after, um, it's gotten better. That's what I was going to ask if it's gotten any better. Yes, it's gotten better. Um, there are times where she forgets. Um, and she'll drop a couple like little comments and I'll be like, hey. Like, for example, like the hearing impaired statement. I have explained to her, don't call me hearing impaired. I'm deaf. As simple as that. Um, there's been times she forgets. And she'll call me hearing impaired. And I'm like, first of all, we don't even need to mention that. It doesn't even go into context of the conversation. And second, I have to explain again, it's deaf. But um, it's gotten better. She treated me more and more like the other interns. But yeah, that was a very different work experience versus my job job. As, as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking, because you, you made a comment that... Um she's explaining it and it wasn't even part of the context. It wasn't needed to be part of it. It's showing where, where she is. She's still struggling with wrapping her head around this. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and I've seen that we, you know, Cindy, you're the same. We, we, we kind of wrapped our head around these things when our kids were young. So, so, right. but whenever we go into new environments, when our children are young and we're, we always feel like we have to explain that, you know, um, my, my daughter's deaf. My daughter's is, is, is visually impaired. Mm -hmm. You, um, because it, it explains some of the behaviors that they're going to see and why they right. need to be looking at them or why they need to make sure they have their attention. Right. Um, but it doesn't, sometimes it can make someone think that there's a learning disability there too, because of that, that adaptation mm -hmm. that they're making. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I haven't figured out how to change that mindset. It's, it's an automatic that happens. Right. And, you know, Heather, in your case, you may have a higher education than this person does because of where you are right now. And I'm thinking they don't even get it. You know, that, you know you're coming in with, with newer, newer studies that you've gone through um, in, in your field of study. And so you have the current teachings, you know, you'll be coming out you're, you're, for all points and purposes. You have finished your degree at this point. You're just finishing up these last little little bits, um, and so you know you're coming in to gain experience. But I'm sure you have a lot to add that might be new ways of thinking that that this person mm -hmm. hasn't even had yet. But trying to get your voice heard and and to be appreciated is is there. But but just, just I was just thinking, you know, she's she she is hung up on the fact that you're deaf and hasn't gotten past that yet, and. I don't know how long the internship is. Do you have enough time for that to change? Well, considering <laughs> I started this internship in January. Okay. So, <laughs> yes, you've been there long enough for things to change. <laughs> but you are making an impact. You are making an impact because you've had the conversation a couple times now at least. And, yeah. and you have the strength to stand up and say, you know, look, we've talked about this before. <laughs> This is, you know, you're, you know, you're just kind of bringing her back to it. So it sounds like change comes hard for some. Mm -hmm. some, yeah. some of us are older and take, take longer to learn lessons. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Cindy, what is Aaron doing now? Aaron is, he um, went to a trade school 
and he does excavating. Um, so he runs like a lot of the heavy machinery um, trucks. Uh, he has a CDL license. Okay. Um, if you ask him what he does, he'll tell you he plays in dirt all day. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> uh, he enjoys that. Um, and he has also recently started, um, my husband is a land surveyor, has his own uh, land surveying company, and he has recently started um, learning that um, and has been working some with my husband. Excellent. So being deaf has not stopped either of your children from pursuing their dreams and doing what they enjoy doing. Absolutely so, not. Those that are listening may have questions for you for different reasons. So Heather, for you, if anyone has mm -hmm. a question for you, do you have an Instagram or is there a way that, that they can reach you? Um, I use mainly Facebook. Okay. So, so we'll link Heather's um, Facebook account. And if you don't have Facebook, you can send an email to Water Prairie and we'll forward it to her so that if there's any direct questions that, that, that come in for her. Cindy, how, how should we contact you? You can do the exact same thing. Okay. So, so we'll link both of their Facebook accounts and, um, and you can always send it an, an email through Water Prairie and we'll always forward that to our guest. Is there anything I didn't ask that you, either of you felt that we should talk about? I know with deaf and hard of hearing children, this is uh, one of my biggest concerns is them not being able to hear. Uh, like we had talked about the, the fire alarms. But also there are times um, where uh, kids with hearing aids or cochlear implants would not have those things on them, like swimming, or even at the beach, I wouldn't let my kids bring a hearing aid to the beach because that sand oh, could yeah. do like so much damage. <laughs> um, so there are, are times where they would not be able to hear um, for us and our family, sign language was definitely um, what we, you know, we used to communicate when they didn't have those things. Um, I would strongly encourage even a family that did not use sign language to develop some signs for emergency situations. Um, to be, because there will be times, there will be times when they won't be able to hear. Um, I know Aaron was in a car accident um, a year or two ago. He hit a deer um, with his car and uh, cut his head. And um, during the impact, his hearing aids fell off and oh. he couldn't find them. So the police came, an ambulance came. He was taken actually... Um, to the hospital by ambulance. He just needed stitches. He, had, he was fine. But that whole during that whole situation, he didn't have his hearing aids and couldn't hear. Um, so he needed a way to communicate. Um, and like I said, he has the benefit of knowing sign language. He could have. He did not. He could have um, requested an interpreter at that point. Um, you know, um, but just letting people know that he wasn't able to hear so he could write. Um, you know, always having sort of that backup plan for emergencies is, is important because there will be times when they don't have those, you know, devices that they rely on. Um, right. There needs to be another way to communicate. Right. For our listeners, 
we're going to, to put these links in there. We also have a supplemental piece for those who have older students that are looking at college that we're going to add to the link below. And um, yeah. there's just some points yeah. of where you can um, where you can reference how to access some of the things that are needed for college. Did you have a chance to, to look at, <laughs> at theintelligent.com? I did. It was very useful information. I, I you know, they yeah, just approached me. Useful. I don't know what else they have out there, but I was, I, from my uneducated point of view, I thought it looked like a nice little piece. It's time for our speed round. The speed round is a series of 10 quick questions that have nothing to do with the interview at all, but it's just a way for us to, to get, get to know our guests a little bit better. And, um, what's kind of fun is because when we're talking to our guests, we're talking about very specific disabilities for most of our interviews. But what we're finding in the speed round is we have a lot in common, no matter what our reason for coming into mm -hmm. the, the interview is. So, um, so the first three questions, Heather, are open-ended questions. And so it'll just be a question you answer however, however you want to. The last seven questions are either or. So I'll give you two words or two phrases and you'll just choose one or the other. And if you don't like either of the choices, you can say neither. And if you can't decide, you can say both. And we call it a speed round, but we're not timing it. So whatever it takes, this is what we do. <laughs> the first question, what's your favorite color? Orange. And what was the last book that you read? The Long Walk. The Long Walk. By Stephen King. Oh, yeah. And what's your favorite holiday? Um, my birthday. <laughs> I like that. No one has ever answered that question that way. <laughs> Everyone's birthday should be a holiday, right? What? <laughs> okay. So either or questions, cake or ice cream? Ice cream. Batman or Superman? Neither. Okay. <laughs> Ocean or mountains? Ocean. Winter or summer? Summer. Watch a movie or read a book? Watch a movie. Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Harry Potter. Twitter or Instagram? Neither. Neither. You don't have either account, right? <laughs> All right, Cindy, you ready? I'm ready. All right, what's your favorite color? Blue. The last book that you read? Mr. Nobody by Catherine Stedman. And what's your favorite holiday? Christmas. All right. Sorry. Either or questions, cake or ice cream? Ice cream. Batman or Superman? Superman. <laughs> see, see, she has an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Ocean or mountains? Mountains. Winter or summer? Winter. Watch a movie or read a book? Read a book. Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Harry Potter. And Twitter or Instagram? Neither. Right. <laughs> right, so um, Heather and Cindy, I appreciate you coming on the show today and helping us, um, giving us a better viewpoint of what it means to be part of the deaf community, to raise a child who is deaf, and also to have grown up that way, and where you are now, Heather, where you're heading, and what Aaron's story is too. So thank you both for being on the show. Thank you for having us. This podcast is made possible by support from our listeners. We want to give a shout out to our superfan, Praveen S. If you want to help offset the cost of producing the Water Prairie Chronicles, become a supporter at buymeacoffee.com slash waterprairie. 
Be sure to check out some of the links in the description. I've included a great resource for parents and students who are looking at college or are already college students, and I'd like to thank Intelligent for providing us with the link for this resource for deaf students.